So we walked on to the shuttle and using our secret of going into the park at three, we were the only people (laughs) on the shuttle. And we actually rented bikes at Zion Outfitters right at the base of the park. And we put the bikes on the bike rack on the shuttle and we rode to the top of the canyon. And then we just did a scenic ride through the park. And we only saw two other people the entire time. Welcome to Jump Podcast. I'm your host, Traveling Jackie, and I'm here to explore travel, adventure, and lifestyle in ways meant to motivate you to move and get out and see the world. Let this show be a source of travel advice and inspiration, but remember that in the end, it's you who takes the leap. How's it going, guys? Welcome back to Jump. I hope you are doing well, and um, especially if you're on the West Coast, I sure hope you're out of harm's way with all these fires and finding ways to cope with the smoke. This is a rough fire season. So I hope you guys are staying safe wherever you are. Um, Thanks for being here today. We are continuing today with the series featuring epic backyard adventures right here in the U.S. where my goal is to invite guests from all over the country to share some off-the-beaten-path adventures close to home to encourage you to get out without having to travel too far from your home. So for those of us in the U.S. right now, I really hope that you find these especially inspiring. And um, for those of us outside the U.S. right now, (laughs) you can just save these tips for your next visit, right? We are doing this series to pivot our content around COVID because most of you guys listening are based in the U.S. And we are not being allowed entry into, well, sort of a long list of countries right now. And so we will continue to focus on what we can do and where we can go And that is, uh, you know, our own backyard where there is plenty to explore. Um, And you know what else is cool? These ideas will still apply well beyond COVID. So this is our U.S. series. And hopefully these next several episodes will help you get some ideas. Even if the exact places we talk about are out of reach for you, there are a lot of tips and ideas that you can apply to wherever you are. So remember that. Um, I'm actually pivoting again over here with this episode today because I was planning to share a conversation about outdoor adventure activities off the beaten path in Oregon on today's show. But because Oregon has a lot of fire activity right now, I, as the host of this show, just don't feel like it's the right time to talk about Oregon. And I know that these episodes are evergreen. So if you're listening in the future, wonderful. Hopefully things are better in the future. But right now, I just feel the need to change the plan for the next few weeks. So before we head to Oregon and Southern California, which are the two that I have coming up on the show, we're going to travel to Utah today. And hopefully we'll see some weather changes and progress for the terrible fires in California and Oregon here very, very soon. And just a reminder, if you are planning a trip to the West Coast right now, or anywhere for that matter, but especially out West, just be sure to check for trail closures, park closures, always double double check for the state or even the region or the county where you'll be traveling, just since things can change so quickly, not just because of the pandemic, but because we are in fire season. So like I said, um, hopefully even if we can't directly apply some of the things that we talk about in these backyard adventure episodes, it will be enough to inspire you to look differently at your own backyard and what you can do right now. So today I'm inviting Jenny Wilden from Utah to join us. She is a travel writer born and raised in Utah. And this is cool for two reasons. 
One, she has recently been to some places that she'll share with us today that she's never been to, even with all the exploring that she's done already in Utah. So even if you've been to Utah before, my guess is you're going to learn something new today and add a few things to your next Utah adventure list. And two, as a travel writer, she is super on top of her notes and details. So she made my job even easier by offering all sorts of specifics about her adventures. So you could actually walk away with an itinerary after this episode. She's so helpful when it comes to planning. So get excited for that. And we're going to dip quickly into a super off the beaten path national park in Nevada on this episode and talk about probably the craziest hot springs you will ever visit if you get to go there. So stay tuned for that at the end. Um, We will talk a lot of details in this conversation and you'll hear Jenny talking about a sports magazine that she writes for. She has a published story about these places with names and details um, about most of what we're going to talk about today. So if you are unable to take notes while you listen, do not worry. Just check the show notes of this episode to find all the links you need to refer back to what we talked about. And before we get into it today, let's give a shout out to our sponsor, Oboe's Footwear. My name is Alyssa and I'm 30 years old. I have the Women's Sapphire Mid Waterproof Hiking Boot in the color Java. And while these boots have taken me on well over 100 miles already this year on hiking trails alone, my absolute favorite memory with my Oboe's is from this summer when my husband and I went hiking around Southeast Colorado near Great Sand Dunes National Park. I insisted we visit a beautiful must-see waterfall accessible only by 4x4 vehicle and foot or bike called Zapata Falls. To get to the falls, you hike on rocky, uneven terrain for a short time before coming up on the stream, which is fed from the falls itself. Once you reach that stream, you need to hike through it. Doing this has always made me nervous in the past due to getting cold and wet feet, which is never fun for anyone. (laughs) But it was so cool. Those puppies kept my feet warm and dry even through the water. I've never been happier to hike through a stream to visit a waterfall. I could have stood there for hours taking in the misty breeze created by the rushing waters thanks to these boots. Thanks so much to Alyssa for connecting with me on Instagram and sharing that with us. Be sure to check out obosfootwear.com for your next pair of outdoor adventure shoes and see what they're up to on Instagram as well at hashtag true to the trail. All right. I'd like to welcome Jenny Wilden to the show, who is joining us from Utah today. Hi, Jenny. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for asking. And thank you so much for for joining us and sharing, um, for being excited about sharing about your backyard today, which I guess is sort of all over Utah, right? Yeah, I've really traveled and lived around the country, but I always end up back in Utah, which is my hometown. And I love sharing it with other people. Yeah. And we were just saying um, off record that you still claim Utah as your favorite state, right? Yeah. I've been to almost every state. So I can say I have pretty good knowledge that this is the best one. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And um, I actually have heard from so many really well-traveled people that Utah is their favorite state as well, which is kind of intriguing because it's it's not like we don't know what Moab is, but I think there's just so much more to Utah that that is maybe just a little underrated, a little, you know, it's like maybe flown over, you know, and so I'm excited to get into it today um, with a local. So thank you so much for your time and for being here. Yeah, I'm so excited to share some of the secrets of Utah with people. Yay. Uh, especially if we can 
kind of get out of the get off the beaten path a little bit and uh, maybe steer clear of the the super busy areas. I'm definitely looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Um, but first, let's talk a little bit about who you are um, and and what you do, and maybe a little bit about how COVID has affected you this season. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's affected everyone like crazy. I mean, I am born and raised in Salt Lake City, and I am a travel writer and adventure travel writer as well. And so I love exploring the whole world. And I used to travel to foreign countries to write about them and to other states to write about them. But of course, I've kind of been grounded like everyone else since March. And so I didn't travel for a few months, but then I kind of decided it was a good time to explore some places near me Mm -hmm. that I had never been or that I had not been in a decade. Because I think when you get absorbed in the world of travel writing and flying around the world, you kind of forget about those places that are mm-hmm. in your backyard. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, as a traveler myself, we, we prioritize so much getting out. In my mind, I think, oh, the stuff that's local is the stuff I can do anytime, quote, quote, anytime or later in life or whenever, you know? And so now I'm prioritizing. And I think a lot of people listening to, we prioritize getting out and going as far away as we can. And now that we can't do that, we're all turning around and saying, huh, what does my backyard look like? <laughs> so Exactly. Because yeah. I think for us in Salt Lake, places like Zion National Park are in our backyard. So we think, oh, I'll go to Zion anytime. Mm-hmm. And I just went last week and realized I hadn't been in six or seven years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you are a travel writer. What do you focus on? Mostly outdoor adventure and getting people outside. I really love writing about showing people how they can do things they didn't know was possible, like climbing a 14er or going canyoneering, things that seem really challenging and difficult, but that anyone could really do if they wanted to. Mm, I love that. I love that because that is sort of the thing that I seek out when I travel is just... What is it that's going to push me? Even though sometimes it just scares the pants off of me, <laughs> I will do it because I generally, when I'm, when I'm traveling and I have a group with me, I feel, I feel supported and I feel like, all right, if these people are doing this, I can do it with them. If it's like rafting rapids that I don't feel comfortable in or via ferrata climbing or something that just seems like way outside my comfort zone, um, that's what I end up finding myself doing. And then I grow so much from those experiences. Like It's not just the external that you're conquering. It's the internal. Yeah. I think that there's something really powerful about doing something challenging like conquering a mountain. And I definitely am very afraid of heights. And Mm. so doing things like via ferratas and rock climbing and canyoneering, it definitely brings out that sense of fear. But when you do it, it's such a sense of achievement. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Woohoo, I love this. Um, well, where uh, before we get started, where can we find you and your writing online if we want to look into it, any of that? My website is jennywilden.com. And I also work for Outdoor Sports Guide Magazine. And our website is sportsguidemag.com. So you can find my stories about Utah primarily there. Then my stories around the rest of the world on my site. Awesome. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Um, okay. Well, let's talk Utah. You said that you um, ha- have gone on some road trips and have done some exploring. Where would you like to take us first? You know, I'd really love to talk about Southern Utah. My husband and I got married a year ago and we're planning to do our belated honeymoon to Switzerland this year. But of course, with mm. COVID, that 
canceled all our international travel plans, but I didn't want to miss the opportunity to take a trip. And so we decided, why not head south? Why not see some of Utah that we haven't seen in a long time? And we were also trying to avoid the crowds because of the pandemic. And I think we found a lot of places where we were surprised. We had heard that everything was busy and crowded in a zoo, and we found the exact opposite to be true. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about that. Well, we really started in uh, the St. George area, and they're kind of calling this whole area Greater Zion now to kind of teach people Mm. that there's more to Zion than just inside the National Park. Mm -hmm. And so we explored Snow Canyon State Park, which is a bit of a misnomer. It's named for the family. Their last name was Snow that settled the area, but there is no snow to be found. It's, <laughs> so I think a lot of people are like, I don't want to go to Snow Canyon. That sounds oh terrible. God. It sounds cold. <laughs> but it's actually a red desert, beautiful, sunny place. And we went there every evening that we were in St. George and just found it to be spectacular. And we almost didn't see another soul in this park, but it's the same landscapes. I know it's the same landscape that you kind of get in Moab and Zion, but it's a state park. So it just doesn't have the acclaim that the national parks have, which also means it doesn't have the price. It's $10 to get in. Awesome. Is it $10 for Utah uh, residents as well? $10 for everyone. Yeah. So you do have to pay like a national park pass won't cover a state park entry, yeah. but it's so affordable. It's just, it's oh, not yeah. too bad. Definitely I mean, that's that. like a parking fee in a lot of, or <laughs> that's a cheap parking fee in a lot of places. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. And okay. what we found too, is that currently like the rest of the country, it's a bit of a heat wave. And so I, I still see so many people that head out at 11 to go on their hikes. And mm-hmm. we just did not do that. We were staying at the inn on the cliff that has a pool. And so we spent kind of the daytime hours in the pool where Ooh. no one was. Everyone was out hiking in the heat. <laughs> and we waited till... our uh, My secret of all national park travel is I wait till about 3 p.m. And everyone who got in the park at 8 a.m. is tired and hot and they all leave. Mm-hmm. And there's no one left in the park. So mm-hmm. we went into Snow Canyon and found uh, Jenny's Trail, which is a very short, easy, non-technical slot canyon that kids could walk through, anyone could walk through. It's only a half mile. And it really shows you the beauty of canyons and slot canyons without getting over your head and having to rappel in. Yeah, amazing. cool. Okay, Yeah, we just wow. saw one family in there and they were leaving when we got there. <laughs> uh, and- amazing, okay. <laughs> And what I love about Snow Canyon is every trail is really short and really doable. So we did two or three trails every time we went into the park. So we went up to the top of the park and there is a lava tube trail. Have you ever heard of lava tubes? No. They're really cool. So thousands of years ago, there was lava that created these tubes essentially. That when it hardens, it's a cave. It's like a dark cave of rock. And many of them have collapsed over the years, but some of them are still open to the public. And as long as you have flashlights, you can climb down into these tubes and crawl through them. Yeah. And so we did a few of those and it was really amazing to see these formations that are created by lava that you can explore and wander and are just totally open and free to go explore. Wow. That sounds so cool. And you were alone there. No, we didn't see a single other person on the trail. And it's also surrounded by beautiful red rocks and you have the sunset view. So it was an incredible place to just spend an evening exploring. 
And it doesn't okay. really matter when you go in. It's always dark in the lava tubes. So mm-hmm. you can go in in the afternoon, evening, and it's just as dark as it would be at noon. Mm-hmm. And is it cooler in there? Oh, it's much cooler. 10 to yeah. 20 degrees, I'm sure. Yeah. So that could even be a really good thing to do midday. <laughs> yeah, it's a great <laughs> way to beat the heat. heat. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that sounds really unique. Very cool. And um, what I love about the park too is it actually has a paved bike trail that runs the length <gasps> of the park yes. that is off the road. So you can take your road bike and bike through the park and you don't have to worry about cars or other people or whatever. It's just a beautiful trail that winds through the Red Rock and is gorgeous. <sighs> So next time I'm bringing my bike. We didn't have oh, bikes with man. us, unfortunately. I'm so sold on this. I love bike touring. Everybody who's listened to me on this podcast <laughs> knows that. Um, but I, I actually just got my own bike finally this summer. And part of my struggle is knowing where to go. And that, what you just described is like the perfect... That's like the ideal situation is when you actually have a bike path. Uh, I mean, I have a hybrid bike, and so we're talking, you know, gravel, gravel bike, hybrid bike, not mountain biking. Totally separate thing. Um, <laughs> but being able to just go long distance, like with your bags on your bike, and just like go out for the day or whatever, and know that you have a trail—that's that's like the golden ticket right there. I love that. I am definitely putting this down. <laughs> I'm like, I want to go see what all of this is about. And it's great because it's a really lengthy trail that connects back to the trails in town. And there's paved trails that wind through St. George that take you all the way back to like the historic downtown where like the breweries and the restaurants are too. Amazing. So you could stay in town and just ride your bike from town out to the park on bike paths the whole way. Yeah, it's so oh, awesome. And it's, dreamy. It's, it's amazing because St. George kind of has this rap of being a place you can't get a coffee or a drink or anything. But in the last two years, that's completely changed. And I just found a totally different St. George than what I'd experienced my whole life living in Utah. So it's a really fun place to be now. Mm -hmm. And what about visiting there like in the winter? What What do you think that would be like? The winter is actually an amazing time to go to Southern Utah. The temperatures are perfect. It's a little cool in the morning and you might Maybe you want to stay at a hotel, but you could camp if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot cooler. You could hike all day in the middle of the day and it won't be that 100 degree heat. So I love going down at that time of year. And occasionally you'll get a freak snowstorm in Zion National Park or Bryce mm-hmm. during the winter. And it's so rare that it's actually a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. And what I think some people don't know is Zion National Park doesn't allow you to drive on the scenic drive section of the park. But in the winter, you can because there's so little traffic. So if you want to like not take the shuttle bus around the park, the winter is the time to go. Awesome. I'm loving these tips. It's like secrets. <laughs> it's like a <laughs> yeah, treasure chest. They're definitely secrets. I'm, I want mm. you to tell people, but I don't want you to tell. Oh, I hear you. I, I struggle with that all the time as a, as a traveler. But I mean, I feel like we're doing, we're doing the world a good thing right now because people are going crazy. We want to get out. We want to explore. And, um, and we need as a, as a, as a society, as a culture, we need to get off the beaten path. We really need to. We need to to let that go a little bit and and explore the lesser known places. And so we're doing a good thing by sharing this. <laughs> yeah, and I read that something like 80% of national park travelers don't leave a designated paved trail. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, that's yeah. so shocking to me. And I found that to be so true. And Zion, it's such a massive park. And there were so many trails that 
we saw no people on at all, but they were just off that basic scenic drive section. Exactly. You know, I was just in um, uh, Tetons last a couple weekends ago. And I mean, obviously, by the time this comes out, this is months ago, but um, the thing that we noticed was I mean, the parking lots are packed within the first you know, bit of the park from the south. The further north you go in that park, the fewer people you'll find. The, the first ones you hit coming out of Jackson are the ones that are so packed. And if you just go... I mean, we, we had to park at one of the busy ones and put in at one of the kind of busy lakes. But we were doing a portage camping trip like with our paddle boards and kayaks. And as soon as we got past that first lake to portage to the second one, there were no people. In Tetons in August. Like what? I mean, it's that Mm -hmm. place is packed. And all we had to do was go a little further. And we had the place to ourselves. And it was absolutely magical. And this was a weekend in August. Like there was no other reason except that we went further in. So that in itself is a really good tip to go past the first mile. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that really is like the lesson of COVID. There's so many places, if you just go a tiny bit further, there's no people. Mm-hmm. But I think people have the idea in their mind that, oh, that park is busy. I can't go right now. Or this place, the Tetons are too busy. I can't go. Well, you can. You just have to put that tiny extra bit of effort in exactly. to avoid the crowds. Yeah. Well, cool. This is exciting learning about this snow canyon. <laughs> it's people such a will great still... local secret. Yeah. Okay. What else? What else do you have for us? Well, after we were in St. George, we did go to Zion National Park. And right now, they are not being as strict as Yosemite, where they have a reservation system, but they do have a shuttle reservation system. So technically, to get to the park scenic drive, you need to make a reservation to get on the shuttle. But we found that that's not necessarily true, which this is a good secret as well. Every day, you can board the shuttle from 3 to 6 p.m. with no reservation and for no cost. It's only a dollar anyway, but it's free if you go from three to six. Mm -hmm. So we walked on to the shuttle and using our secret of going into the park at three, we were the only people (laughs) on the shuttle. And we actually rented bikes at Zion Outfitters right at the base of the park. And we put the bikes on the bike rack on the shuttle and we rode to the top of the canyon. And then we just did a scenic ride through the park. And we only saw two other people the entire time. Oh my gosh. So you rode the scenic drive that people normally would shuttle or you were on a bike path again? We weren't on a bike path. You bike on the road in Zion. Mm -hmm. There is a bike path the last two miles that you get onto that's uh, one that winds through kind of the red rock. But for most of the time, you're on the scenic drive. But what's great is the only vehicles on the road are shuttle buses and they're not allowed to pass you unless you are pulled over and stopped. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And... It, that late in the day, there were so few shuttles running that we only had to pull over one time. And it was great because we were able to pull over and do separate little hikes and didn't see anyone on those trails. But we got this really peaceful experience of Zion at sunset. And my husband and I had been traveling for a week and he said, but biking in the park was his favorite experience of the oh, whole trip. That's it was amazing. really incredible. And it's such a great tip to take the shuttle because if you climbed up it, it would be pretty brutal. It would be like seven miles straight uphill on kind of, you know, an okay bike. But Mm -hmm. doing it downhill was just so fun and freeing and such an incredible, beautiful way to see the park. We saw deer grazing on the side. We stopped and did two short hikes. And 
you don't even lock your bike in Zion. The the place we rented from was would they were like, oh, we don't provide bike locks because oh, no one ever steals them. Oh my gosh. Them. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. Well they said, Oh, if it gets stolen, it's our responsibility. So just <gasps> don't lock your bike. Go enjoy. What? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Crazy. that's different. Yeah. So that's awesome though, because if you don't have your own bike or you don't have a way to get it there, say you're flying and renting a car, or if you just don't have a bike rack for your road trip, you can rent. You said Zion Outfitters, right? Yes, yeah, Zion Outfitters. It's right at the base of the park and kind of the village where the brewery mm-hmm. and the visitor center mm-hmm. is and everything. And it was easy. It was $23, which seemed for four hours. So it was super reasonable. Mm-hmm. And we just brought them back at 8 p.m., like right when the sun went down. And we were the only people out biking in the oh. evening. It was amazing. I love that we keep coming back to bikes because I always come back to bikes on this show. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to turn all these people into bikers. <laughs> I love it. There's so many different kinds of biking. I think people, again, have the idea of Zion that it's known for kind of hardcore mountain biking. Mm-hmm. But there's biking for everyone in that park, which is great to know. Yeah, super rad. Did you even go mountain biking? Have you been mountain biking there? We did go mountain biking during our trip, but we went in Ely, Nevada, and we didn't see any people on those trails either. But we didn't bike in Zion because I'm kind of a beginner intermediate, and those trails are just a little above my level. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious because I'm only just getting into mountain biking, and... um, it it still is enough to like the hairpin switchbacks and the really really steep stuff is definitely enough to <laughs> to get me and slow me down and maybe make me lay my bike over and so I'm still learning but um, the the path stuff is so awesome. That's yeah, none of that like world. super hardcore mountain biking is for me. I just like the more rolly roller coaster mountain biking yeah. that's chill and easy. So mm-hmm. if you are in St. George near Snow Canyon, there's a trail called Bear Claw Poppy and that's what that's known for. Oh, it's a awesome. beginner friendly mountain bike that you can really go and get the skills and get comfortable without being on those steep, terrifying switchbacks. That sounds awesome. I'm writing that down. Bear Claw Poppy, easy mountain biking. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually called Bear Claw Poppy because these rare poppies are there. And it's mm-hmm. the only one of the only places you can find them is on that trail. Cool. Are, were they in, are they in, when are they in bloom? Do you I know? think in the spring. Yeah. Okay. I think that they told me yeah. in the spring. Yeah. They're like a red, beautiful, rare poppy. Wow. That'd be a good time to go there. Exactly. Okay. Spring's perfect. Oh, this is so fun. Okay, where else did you go? What else do you have? I think the other secret of Zion Park that I have to tell people about is to get off the scenic drive. People think that's the only thing in the park and it's absolutely not. So Kolob Canyon is one of my favorite places in Zion National Park. You don't even pay an entrance fee to go to that side, but you'll see on the side of the road, there are signs that say entering Zion National Park. And there's a ton of hiking trails over there. There's saw canyons, there's beautiful red rock scenery but it's just not where the crowds go. So again, there was almost no one on the road when we were over there. And there's a bunch of glamping resorts over in that area. So you can have that kind of camping experience, but in a fancier tent or in a tiny home, that kind of thing over there. And we went all the way up to the top to where they do the Via Ferrata, which actually just launched this summer. It's Zion's Mm. first Via Ferrata. And uh, the reason they're able to do it is because there's actually privately held land that is surrounded by Zion National Park. It's a little pocket of private land. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's amazing. It's in the Kolob Canyon area and it leads out to the most beautiful waterfall I've ever seen in Zion, but no one could go there before. 
So this guy purchased the land and started the Via Ferrata because he wanted people to see it. Mm. And and it's great because it's I've done some Via Ferratas that are more challenging. This one is definitely you're clipped in the entire time and you go sideways and vertical. Mm-hmm. So you get kind of both experiences, but mm-hmm. anyone could do it. They said they've had a kid as young as seven and I think a guy as old as 70 something. So it's it's anyone could do it. And what I liked is the last really intense part is you clip in on this cliff and you can kind of hang off the edge, look off the edge, but you're down at the canyon a thousand feet below, but you're totally clipped in and safe. It makes my stomach flip just thinking about it. And it's like, (laughs) it's almost worse when you say, oh, a kid who was seven did it. And like, (laughs) gulp, like (laughs) no pressure, people. No, I'm I'm really scared of heights too. And uh, it doesn't mean that I don't face that fear. I mean, I'm definitely like a queen of facing my fears for real. But it's still so scary every time. But this is very intriguing because I've done a few Via Ferratas and I've even written... I wrote a story for a magazine about Via Ferratas. I'm like, are you sure you want me to write it? You know, like I'm so scared of this stuff. But... Um, and yeah. actually, I have a podcast about it way back. I don't even remember which one it was. 60-something. A long time ago about my Via Ferrata experience. But I haven't done one in years. And so this is like... You could put together a little... A, a really cool adventure trip with these elements if you are interested in pushing yourself out of exactly. Via Ferrata on there. Yeah. Yeah. And my first time I did a Via Frada, I had a full panic attack and almost couldn't finish it. So I feel like I've <laughs> yeah. I've made progress in the last three yeah. years because I really enjoyed this one. And the way they've built it, it's all very reinforced. Like you're walking on the pegs and you're clipped in and you're clipped in at two points. It's just, they really went above and beyond to make it so safe that my sense of heights really didn't kick in as much as it normally does. So oh. it, it was a kind of a safe way to like overcome that fear a little bit. I love that. Okay. Well, that's really intriguing to me. Hmm. Yeah. And while you're up there, it's really cool. You can go the same place where you meet for the Via Ferrata. They have a rental center for paddle boards and kayaks. And you can rent a paddleboard or kayak right there. And they will go and bring it out on the water for you at Kolob Reservoir. And you can paddle out to what's called Above Zion Island. And it's a little island in the reservoir. And you could picnic out there, whatever. Mm -hmm. But again, there were a couple people camping there and that was it. Come on. But we just kind of... (laughs) <laughs> we just kind of had the place to ourselves. And again, I'm like in Zion. Meanwhile, yeah. the shuttle buses are crowded. People are waiting in line. And so it was such a nice way to get to get out on the water. And also, people might not know this, but there's been a toxic algae bloom in Zion. Mm. And so you can't swim right now in any of the swimming holes. And so we were kind of desperate to escape the heat. And up in Kolob Canyon, the water is safe. So we could swim and enjoy oh. and cool off. without worrying about toxic death algae. My goodness. You guys found all of the secrets. I love it. Will you spell the name of this canyon you keep saying? Because I don't even know if I'm hearing you right. Yes, it's K-O-L-O-B, Kolob Canyon. K-O-L-O-B. All right, cool. And I will say the one thing is part of it closes in the winter because they get an abundance of snow up there. Okay. But other than that, it's perfect and it's so quiet and... Again, I just think not many people know it's even there. I had been to Zion many times and had never been to that canyon. Wow. Oh, this is so cool. It makes me want to go. (laughs) It's a great time to go. I mean, of course, you have to travel really safely during the pandemic, but I've been to now Yosemite and Zion and Great Basin this summer. And every national park I've just found to be 
very quiet, very peaceful, and people are very respectful. So I think if you're willing to go do a road trip right now, it's actually a really good time to do it. Yeah, no kidding. Especially as the weather gets colder, we're still talking about decent weather places. So that's brilliant for throughout the entire you know season of winter and cold. Is yeah, and Zion these just places. Yeah, Zion gets so quiet in the fall and winter. There's almost no one there, and just without the international tourism, their numbers are just very low with mm-hmm. who is visiting right now. Yeah, it is a good time. It's it's a good time for residents for uh, of this country to kind of sneak into our own our own very frequently traveled places, and especially if we can just go where the people aren't. Like that is the underlying theme of all of this: is just taking one step past where all the people are and discovering that there's, oh my gosh, there's so much more. It's not about the, just only the iconic things. It's, I mean, the entire park is an entire park for a reason. It's, it's not just about the narrows or whatever gets the most crowded. Yeah. Yeah. And there's actually a lot of places in the park on the scenic drive closed right now because Zion had kind of an unprecedented rock fall about a year ago. Mm. And we encountered one of the trails where this rock fall is and it's boulders blocking the trail. And so Angel's Landing is still closed. Many of the popular trails are closed. And so again, people think, oh, there's nothing to do Mm. in the park. Well, there is. And what we found from talking to the rangers too, is there are waterfalls and hikes and trails that are purposefully not listed on the map but are there. If you just do a little extra research, you can find some secret trails that are right there that you would never know about. Amazing. Okay. Are we, are we done with Zion or are we still... You know, the only thing I would talk about that's not in Zion, but is kind of in the area is I think a lot of people get excited by the idea of canyoneering, but canyoneering and rappelling is a dangerous sport that you should definitely have skills and experience in. Mm -hmm. And while professional guiding is not allowed inside the park, it is allowed outside the park. So we were able to go canyoneering and we went with a guide and did a canyon called Yankee Doodle that's technical. We had an almost 100 foot rappel and we never would have had the skills to go and do that by ourselves. But I think it's a way if you want to overcome fear and do a slot canyon and have that experience you don't have to know what you're doing. You can book a guide and go and do that anyway. So that's something that I had never done before was go with a guide on that. And it was really incredible and really fun. And I felt so safe. Yeah. And we saw people going by themselves in front of us. And our guide was upset because these people were just wrapping the ropes around the trees and doing really dangerous stuff. And I was like, this is why you kind of want to go with a guide to do these secret canyons is so you won't end up in an unsafe position. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I what I like the most about this, I don't know if you guys listening have ever tried anything that's just really far outside your comfort zone like this, but this is these things that we seek out in adventure travel just make you feel so alive. And I know we kind of already touched on this in this episode just a little bit earlier, but um I can't like if you were to create a trip out of all of these things and do the mountain biking and do the regular biking and rent a kayak and do the Via Ferrata and go outside and do some canyoneering and maybe glamping at one of those really cool spots. Holy goodness, you will have a trip that you will remember forever. I mean, that will be at the top with anything else that you could do like in the world. I mean, these things, it's because it's not just... It's not just where you are. It's what you're doing and what you're experiencing. And I mean, of course, who you're with. 
Um, but these are like the things that really light you up and make you feel super alive. And they're right here, like right here. We can do these things. And I think the, yeah. uh, one of the keys to it is pushing yourself. Don't write off canyoneering because you're afraid of heights. Am I speaking to myself right now? Probably. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I probably oh. wouldn't have signed up for a hundred foot rappel if I knew that was coming, but mm. I actually had a really fun time doing it yeah. and I didn't you think did. I would. Yeah. yeah. Rad. And it was such like a victorious moment to be like, oh, I achieved that. I did mm. that. I did something that really made me feel afraid and I feel stronger and more confident because of it. Mm-hmm. Love. <laughs> yeah. So it's great. It was just so fun yeah. to do something so different for once. It, okay. So you went to Yankee Doodle. Mm-hmm. Do you have the guide outfitter name or anything that you can share with that? If yeah, we're we really with, interested. Uh, we went with Paragon Adventures. Yeah, and they're one of the few guides permitted to safely do that canyon. Cool. So okay. that's who I would go with. Yeah. It's just worth it to have a guide. And we were lucky. We only had a group of two of us. I think they can take a group up to like six during COVID if you have a bigger group, but it was just us and our guides. And Sweet. they even like took pictures the whole time with their cameras, which I was like, this is amazing because I think, <laughs> of course, Instagram, everyone wants photos, but you can't take your own photo when you're repelling a hundred, a thousand <laughs> yeah. feet or whatever. Uh, right. So it was great to have like, they just took care of it and we never even had to think about it. Oh, cool. That sounds like win, win, win right there. Yeah, it was so fun. Um, anywhere else in Utah? You know, this is a place I'm a little embarrassed to say I'd never been to last weekend is uh, Kanab, Utah. Uh, Kanab, Utah is also in Southern Utah and it's home to the Best Friends Animal Sanctuary. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, Best Friends Animal Sanctuary. Sanctuary. I don't think so. It's where pets that can't get adopted go to live. And it's everything from like big animals to domestic dogs, cats, whatever. But animals that don't have a chance to be adopted, they save Mm -hmm. them and they get to live there. And some, some can be adopted too. But you can actually go down there and volunteer at the shelter, which is really cool. And you can even stay. They have a new hotel on site that's like a pet-friendly hotel. So you can bring (laughs) your dog and stay at the shelter, uh, which is really amazing. And it's in beautiful Red Rock country. And while we were there, we went and took an ATV, which is not a thing I normally do. But uh, my husband wanted to try it. And it was great because we used the ATV to access some stuff we couldn't have hiked to. So I think if maybe people aren't, into ATVing, it's kind of was the point that you need a four by four car or an ATV to get to this slot canyon we went to. And it's a place we never would have seen otherwise. So it was really neat to be able to get back there into an area I'd never heard of. Wow. Again, just yeah. exploring, just adventuring, just getting out there beyond and off the beaten path. Exactly. And the slot canyon we went to is called Peekaboo. And it's a non-technical slot as well. You can just walk through the whole thing. So it's great to take kids or people that don't want to do the climbing and the rappelling. But it was one of the most beautiful red rock slot canyons I've ever been in. Really winding and narrow. You could touch the walls on both sides. So you got Mm -hmm. that full slot canyon experience, which was really, really beautiful to see. And that's outside of Kanab, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's right in Kanab and it's like a 10 minute drive outside of town. And we just drove the ATVs out there. And then after we got to drive them on the sand, which I'd never done, <laughs> and getting to ride around on the sand dunes was pretty thrilling as well. Wow. Yeah. And the so whole much. thing was right next to a uh, Moki Cave, which is a really ancient cave that you can actually go back and walk into. All of this is so good. I like can't write fast enough all these notes. (laughs) Do you have um, a post somewhere or a story somewhere that kind of lists like a lot of this? (laughs) 
Yes, I'm or, going to. We just got back from the trip, but I yeah. will be on sportsguidemag.com. I will have a story going up soon. Okay, then it'll be up by the time this goes live. So we'll make sure to include a link to that. Great. That'd be um, awesome. Then yeah, that's a good I'll, way to find all the outfitters and find all the places exactly. to go a ton of information. Yeah. And it's so, crazy that we're from Utah. My husband yeah. and I are both from born and raised Utah and neither of us had ever been to those places. Yeah. Rad. Okay. So if you guys are driving, you don't have to take notes. We're going to put some links in the show notes for you so that you can find everything there. <laughs> Sounds good. Great. All right. Are we continuing on our adventure or what else? What else? Yeah, there's definitely a few more places (laughs) I can mention too. This is actually technically right over the border in Nevada. It's right on the Utah-Nevada state line, but it's uh, one of the least visited parks in the country and you could hit it on a Utah road trip. It's called Mm -hmm. Great Basin National Park. I'm so glad you brought this up because I was going to ask if you could include this even though it's not Utah. Once you mentioned it, like this is a really good one. So yeah, let's hear it. If you haven't been, it's the most incredible place because you're driving through this barren desert and you're just like, there cannot be a national park here. Like this does not <laughs> look nice at all. And you drive up and even when you get to the visitor center, you're like, Mm-mm, this is not great. But then you drive up the Wheeler Peak uh, Scenic Drive and about 10 minutes later, you're in this epic alpine paradise of pine trees and beautiful scenery looking down at that desert below. And when you park at the Wheeler Peak parking, it takes you on what's called the Ancient Bristlecone Pines Interpretive Trail. And it's just a short, pretty chill trail that takes you to trees that are three or 4,000 years old. Wow. And they're stunningly beautiful. And they're some of the oldest trees in the world. And they're right there in Nevada, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, literally the middle of nowhere. We actually... incredible. Yeah, I actually have... Only one. Well, I have a couple memories from this, but when I when I was about twelve, my family went on a road trip and did like the Southwest um, parks, and, and that was actually the only time I've been to some of these places. But we we went to Great Basin and we hiked Wheeler Peak, which you you can hike it, and it's it's the t- highest peak in Nevada, um, and it's twelve something. I need to check my facts on that, but I just remember I might have I might have or maybe it's thirteen. It's it's tall. It's high, yeah. It's twelve or thirteen, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like twelve at the time and I was like in such a bad mood that day. <laughs> I just remember being yeah. that kid. <laughs> Sorry, mom and dad. But like I do remember getting all the way up. We were so close to the summit and it was just like this ridge line that I mean, we were probably, I don't know less than 20 minutes and we could see the top and I was just done. And I was 12, (laughs) you know? And so you know how that happens. But I feel like it's... I always have remembered that, that like I made my whole family... I mean, I think it was really cold. It got... Because you get way up there. It is cold. It's cold. It is cold. It's like 30 degrees colder. Oh, yeah. And I think that that is actually what kind of shut me down was I was not prepared for the cold and I I was being 12 about it, you know? And so... We actually all decided to turn around because um, I mean, my family would have gone on without me. It's not like we're we're cool like that. Like they would have just said, "Okay, sit," and we'll you know we'll we'll summit without you. But they all decided to just turn around with me, and we went we went back down. But I feel like I never actually conquered that mountain because we we could see the peak and we didn't even get there. And that's my memory from Great Basin <laughs> National Park. But yeah, so beware for the cold. Like be ready for that cold up on the top. For sure, but um, but then yeah, you can camp there. I remember we had a deer that came right into our 
campsite, walked straight <laughs> through in the middle of the day, like while we were all standing there, we're like, uh, okay, hey, hi, okay, like what should we do about this? Nothing, they just walked through, but. Oh, we had similar. We cool. ran like right into a deer, walked right oh. into him. He was just was like, oh, hello. Nice yeah. seeing you. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But you're, it's amazing you did that at 12 because we did not do, do the hike. We actually did the glacier hike. So if you go past the bristlecone pines, you can get to the glacier. You guys didn't do that, I'm guessing. No. And I don't even... I don't have a memory of there being glacier anything. So what, what's that entail? It's just at the base of the peak, like kind of nestled up there. There's a year-round glacier that you can hike to. And it was only one extra mile. So we were like, oh, one quick mile. Oh, mm. it was like rocky, kind of brutal terrain. So if you yeah. do it, like the hiking poles were clutch. They really helped. But it was cool to go walk out and stand on a glacier. I'd never done that before. Oh, cool. Cool, Yeah, cool. so again, experiences okay. you don't know are hiding like right in Nevada. Um, a glacier in Nevada. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, such a cool place to see and still one of the least visited parks in the nation. And Lehman Caves are there as well, which I'm sure you went into. They're really amazing underground caverns. They're not open during the pandemic, of course, but when they do reopen, those are worth seeing inside. Awesome. Good stuff. Um, okay, any other major places you want to touch on? And then I have one more question for you and then we can wrap up. I think the one other thing I want to touch on is when you're road tripping back up to Salt Lake, if you're going to go out of Salt Lake, there's actually some really amazing hot springs that not everyone knows about. And one of the most famous is uh, Mystic Hot Springs. And my husband's family happens to live right around the corner. So we've been there a lot, but it's a guy who bought these hot springs and he used antique bathtubs that he fills with hot spring water and they're cleaned every couple hours or every day. So they're very clean. And right now with COVID, you have to book a reservation. But you can sit in these bathtubs of natural hot spring water with red rocks as a backdrop behind you. Mm. And it's just an incredible place, kind of in the middle of a small town in Utah. You wouldn't know, but it's right on the gateway of the drive to like Capitol Reef and Bryce and all those parks. And we drove that way coming back from Kanab. And I think that's a great spot. If you want to break up the drive, you can just stop at this hot spring and really hop in and experience and they even have live music some nights as well and music festivals when it's not COVID that you can oh, just cool. have your own private bathtub and stare out at this epic scenery. So it's kind of nice because nice. I don't know that right now I'd want to be in a big crowded hot spring, but when you have your own private little tub, it's a really great spot. <laughs> that sounds really nice. You know what's funny? You just reminded me <laughs> of a place that we once went, which is in Utah. So it's totally relevant. We were on a ski trip skiing um, somewhere in the, I don't know, somewhere in the eastern side of the Wasatch. And um, we went to the, I just looked it up, Homestead Crater Hot Springs. Have you been there? Oh my gosh. It's one of my favorite, again, secrets. It's so cool. And I didn't go until I was 20. And it's amazing. <laughs> it's wild. It's almost scary. <laughs> but can, okay. Yeah. So since you have been there, why don't, let's, tell, let's talk about that one real quick because it's so unique, you guys. You've never seen a place like this before. I'm betting you are skiing Park City because it's right near Park City where I am now. And yeah, it's probably. a 15-minute drive away in Midway. And it's in a natural crater. So it's a dome top crater with a big hole at the top that they've drilled in to like provide access to it. Uh, and you go in through the doorways that they've now blasted out and you can go swim, you can snorkel, you can actually, it's the only warm water scuba diving destination in the US. Yeah. So people will come there to certify, not that they're fish, but just <laughs> to be warm while you certify is great. 
And maybe the coolest thing they offer is stand-up paddleboard yoga inside the crater. Oh, that's cool. Uh, stand-up so paddleboards were not a thing when I when I went there. It was like before, you know, they, they're kind of newer, but it is very strange to go in there and know that there are scuba divers under you because you can see... Below you. Yeah, yeah. You can see their bubbles coming up. Like, and this place is pretty big. I mean, it's kind of like... If you guys have been to the Pantheon in Rome, it's kind of... I mean, it's not that big. But imagine the same idea, just dark with the hole in the top. That's like what this crater hot springs is like. It is wild. It is so weird. I think that knowing there are scuba divers underneath you was one of the strangest things about it. So but bizarre it's totally sometimes safe. they'll surface and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. hi. Hello. Oh, hey. What are you doing down there? I know. That's cool. Yeah, that's called Homestead Crater. Yeah, that's near. And Park the water City. stays the same temperature year round. It's like 99 degrees year round. So it's like after a long ski day, that's one of my favorite places to go. And if you do the stand up paddle boarding, they do yoga moves where you end up flipping into the water on purpose to like warm up in the water. And then you climb back on your board. So it's a really unique stand up paddle board yoga. Cool. I love it. Yay. Home Springs, Home Springs. I'm now I'm mixing my words. Hot Springs are just one of my favorite things to discover all over. So. You can add that to your adventure trip in Utah and just soak in all the all the accomplishments after after everything wild that you've just done. I love it. Okay, cool. That was awesome. Um, I have one thing that I want to end on because we haven't talked about this yet on the show. I mean, during this series and you've done it. And so I just want to see what you think about it. Is camping in your own backyard because what a fun thing that you can do if you have a backyard. I don't have one, so I can't actually do this, but I know you've done this, right? Yeah. I think it's kind of like a fun... We have a fire pit in our backyard. And so it's kind of fun to set up set up a tent and hang out in your backyard and even like cook s'mores over our fire pit because it's a wood burning one. And it's just a nice way to like when you can't... Like when we were truly under a stay-at-home order where we couldn't go anywhere, it was a really fun thing to do. And especially fun if you have kids or if you're like trying out new gear. Like setting up a tent in the dark at your campsite for the first time is the worst. Like it's going to be too hard. You're going to be really annoyed. (laughs) So I always recommend like doing a backyard camp out first, trying all your gear, especially if you're new to camping. And getting it all set up and sleeping in the tent for a night and knowing it's comfortable. Because if you find out your sleeping pad is the worst, you'd rather know when you're in your backyard mm-hmm. than find that out like <laughs> on a week-long camping trip. Like you want to know and be like, no, I got to go back to REI and get a different pad or whatever. Yep, It's just good to like have your system dialed in and know that you're going to be comfortable and be able to sleep before you go camp. And it's yeah. just kind of fun. And actually, you just hit on something that can be pretty inspirational. Um, if you guys don't follow... REI on Instagram. They are they do in the summertime they do this sometimes, especially this year. They did a challenge like show us your best backyard camp setup. And it is amazing how A, how many people are doing this on the regular, just like hanging out in their backyard all summer long, which I really think is awesome personally. And the setups that they have, I mean, they've got lights strung from their tents and their dog beds are out there and they've got their grills set up and it just it looks so cozy and comfortable and they're doing this whole thing and it's just in their backyard. So if you want some inspiration, check out that 
REI um, Instagram because there's some really cool stuff on there. They have a hashtag, so you could really go down the rabbit hole with it. But you could really post know. your whole setup. Our, our neighbors yeah. behind us had their tent up for like a couple weeks, and their teenagers just slept in it every mm-hmm. night and just hung mm-hmm. out. It was kind of a nice way to escape your parents and feel like you're getting a little totally. summer camp vacation when you can't go to summer camp. Yeah. You know, when I was, uh, again, when I was young, um, young teenager, I used to sleep on my trampoline in the backyard by myself even. Like those are my first probably solo experiences. <laughs> like yeah. sleeping outside under the stars just on my trampoline and then running inside at like 5.45 a.m. when the sprinklers were threatening to get me. You know, of course, <laughs> we've all been there. But um, I love it. I love just sleeping outside. And I mean, it gets really, really cold right before the sun rises. And you have to make sure you have all your blankets and just be cozy. Make sure you don't forget any when the sprinklers come on. And you know, <laughs> exactly. Make sure your sprinklers uh, are turned off. If yeah, I know that would be backyard. a that would be a better plan. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Man. Okay. Well, Jenny, this has been so fun. You're a wealth of knowledge about Utah. I really appreciate you sharing the hard to share secrets because I get that. But I'm excited to see what we can do with them and um, what kind of adventures people are going to be getting up to with this, with your advice. So thank you. And again, what is your Instagram where people can find you? My Instagram is JLWilden, W-I-L-L-D-E-N. That's just my name. So that's where you'll find me. Perfect. Um, Well, awesome. I will will be in touch when this comes out. And thank you again for your time, for sharing all of this. And um, yeah, best of luck with your backyard adventures for the rest of, of this pandemic. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. You too. I hope you enjoy and get to experience these yourself. I hope so too. <laughs> okay. Thanks again to Jenny for the incredible insight into the secrets of Utah's parks. If you guys go and use these tips, be sure to tell us. Uh, You can find the links to reach Jenny and um, the details in the show notes and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at Traveling Jackie. You can reach out anytime. I'm always happy to hear from you. Also, before I go today, I want to give you a little heads up. I'm going to be announcing some things soon for my group trips. So make sure if you're interested in traveling with me, you get your name on my email list at jumppodcast.com. You can also find the link in the show notes as well. It's not always easy for me to keep the podcast super up to date with announcements since I have to plan and record in advance, etc. Um, but I do have some big travel plans that could involve you. And the fastest way to find out is to be on my email list and make sure to follow me on Instagram too, at Traveling Jackie. Thanks so much for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, enjoy Utah or wherever you're playing these days. And I'll see you guys next time.